Hello, and welcome back to With Drew. This is a podcast created with a vision of changing the way we look at mental health. Welcome to episode two, where I'm delighted to be joined by my first guest, Jonathan Clark. I've invited Jonathan on to chat with me today because Jonathan, despite suffering with his own mental health issues, promotes and advocates openly and honestly the conversation about mental health. Jonathan's a personal trainer based in the Highlands of Scotland, the owner of Form and Function Fitness, and a Be Defiant athlete, which is something that we'll go into more a little bit later. So it's great to have you here, mate. How are you getting on, man? Thanks amazing, for having me Amazing, amazing. Yeah, I know, it's great to have you as a first guest. Yeah, well, don't say that just yet. <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about what you do for work. Um, well, people like obviously on on social media, people see me as a, a personal trainer or online coach, but that's more of a like a more of a passion kind of project and more of like a part time job. I actually am the assistant manager in two local nursing homes, so that, that's uh, people are always a bit surprised when when they find that out about me and um, that it's actually it's care work that I do for a full time job. All right, okay, so the PTing is just something that you've chosen to do by choice. Yes, I. It was just something that I was like very passionate about, and I just I wanted to help others where I never where where I never had the help. So that's that's literally why I got into personal training. Was it was more of like a a side job that kind of took over for a number of years, but I've kind of dialed it back a bit after. All right, okay. So it's something you just enjoy doing. Is it something you think that you'll stick with doing? Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm glad to hear that, mate, because one of the favourite things about your account is that you're completely open about your mental health alongside with all the PT and positivity you promote. Uh, but when did you actually start struggling with your mental health? If you were to have asked me this a few years ago, I probably would have told you I didn't struggle with it. But like now that I've kind of addressed the issues, because I always obviously wasn't always as open and honest with with what was going on in of my life. You know, social media is like a, a highlight reel. Yeah and yeah definitely and people get kind of caught up in what everyone else is doing and comparison and you know mine certainly was as well it was um always trying to you know have have the newest things or be doing be doing stuff that people would you know <laughs> want to like and comment on but yeah. um if i was to honestly like think back about my life i probably struggled with my mental health like even from like as far back as my childhood when I'm thinking about school when speaking to my parents I I would make excuses of why I couldn't go to school I would pretend that I was sitting on the toilet for for hours in the morning with you know constipation or whatnot and my teachers always used to just tell my parents as long as you can get him here it doesn't matter what time he gets here and yeah so as far back as like I would say even primary school I probably suffered with anxiety and and things but just overcompensated for it in other aspects because I've always been a social person I was always a bit of a class clown so to speak yeah that's something I can definitely relate to um I think we're probably very similar in that aspect I was the exact same yeah getting in trouble you know um just trying to make people laugh or always being the loudest in the room but just that was like a coping mechanism to like overcompensate for how I was probably feeling you know internally yeah definitely it's uh, it's one of the things i speak about a lot actually because i didn't realize what anxiety was until i was about 17 18 years old and it's fullest 
Um, but I do definitely look back now and realise that I was definitely just compensating for a situation that I didn't really understand. Uh, I'm the same as you in terms of the fact that I would act like a class clown or do anything for laughs, but that was literally just to compensate for the fact that I felt shit all the time. I mean, there isn't enough education at that age to really understand what's going on with you, so you would always pretend that nothing was happening or divert the attention somewhere else by making jokes. Well, that was it. And I grew up in a household with mental health issues, um, so it wasn't something that I I never seen myself having. You know, it's like my father had, you know, he was a manic depressive and, you know, suffered from depression from maybe my my early teenage years. And obviously it was like a worry, you know, <laughs> like not that there's, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with having mental health issues. I've obviously suffered with them myself. But as a, as a young teenager, not understanding about mental health, it was yeah. always a worry that, you know, oh, I could, I could turn out like that or, you know, just not fully kind of comprehending what, you know, what my dad was going through at the time. So we had a, a kind of strained relationship growing up, but obviously it's a lot better now that I'm an adult and I've got a full understanding of what was going on. But back then, I would have probably been overcompensating to try and not go down down that route, which in actual, yeah. which in actual fact, it was not healthy at all because any issues that I did have or like you know negative thoughts or you know anxieties I just never spoke about them I just pushed them to the side you know like put put the bottle cap back on and just kind of carried on into my yeah, adult life yeah. and then you know adult life comes with it's a whole different host of pressures and you know things get very real and you know and that kind of thing and then it just got to the point where like you know yeah not be spoken about anymore yeah so you've been conscious of it all your life but you just think it's gotten to that point that it's been worse in the in the last few years what is it that you thought that brought it to that point um see i kind of i started to address things or you know become more aware of it as i was in my you know mid-20s my um my son was born maybe what was it he was 20 my my partner was 28 weeks and five days like you know into term so he was just just under three months early and when he was born he was just over a just over a pound in body weight we were we were down to edinburgh hospital for an emergency c-section and it was a a case of we didn't know if you know mum and baby were were going to survive at the time and that at the moment in in the present moment wasn't like it, it didn't, it didn't hit me the severity of it at the time. And then we were in the hospital for, for four, four and a bit months with Adam before we got him home. And it wasn't until maybe he was two years old. So we're talking 2015. It just, I don't know. It was just almost like, like I was like overly emotional about absolutely anything. And it was when I, I just, you know, I was getting upset. I was getting like angry, you know, just even talking about, even talking about like what we're talking about just now, I would just be in tears. Like I, I just, anything to do, like I was just, I was so empathetic about like just absolutely anything. It was like everything was getting to me. So like my partner suggested I go and speak to the doctor who then suggested I, you know, speak to a counsellor who basically said it was almost like a form of PTSD. Like you didn't deal with, like the emotions at the time of that traumatic experience and then all of a sudden like now everything's you know like the dust is settled now that you're kind of like more relaxed and everything's going well they were like then coming to the surface because I hadn't dealt with it 
So spoke to that therapist for a while, and everything was kind of okay, I guess. And but I still just was anxious all the time, you know, just worrying about worrying about things that probably everybody worries about, but I couldn't shut off from it. Yeah, no, I can completely relate to that. Um, so at that time, was it having an effect on your day to day life? Was it changing things? Yes and no. I was I was functioning to like on the surface. I would be still coaching. I was still going to work, but you know, like productivity would be right down. And luckily, it's a it's a family business we have, so I was always a little like I was always quite open with my with my mum. Got a very good relationship with my mother. We work basically like in each other's pockets. She's she owns the business, and I I help her run them. Um, but everybody else, even like my partner, was just kind of like like shielding everybody from how I was feeling. But um, the likes of PT work, I would I couldn't say no. So I was taking on more and more clients, and I was I was able to train other people. But when it came to my own training, my own eating, sleeping, you know, hydration, anything, I was just I was in just I was probably in the worst like physical kind of space than I like I that had been in a long time and just not really looking after my own physical health because I was so conscious of like helping everybody else that that made that made me feel like I was doing good so so you obviously identified that you were not in a great place and um, was there a moment that you can highlight that you decided that you had enough and you need you knew you needed to make some positive changes um there wasn't a specific there wasn't a specific moment where I thought I needed to make changes it, it just became increasingly overwhelming over a number of years I, I couldn't turn away I couldn't say no to people I was wanting to please everybody you're comparing yourself to other people on social media you're you're seeing you know the next you know like the next the next thing that you want to do because someone else has done it and because someone else is doing it if you're it's almost like if you're not doing it then people would wonder well, how come like this coach does this, but you don't? And so you don't want to be left behind in a way. So I was getting caught up in that kind of in the rat race of trying to, you know, constantly improve uh, like service and, you know, wanting to take on more and more clients, etc. And it just got to the point where I thought to myself, I'm not even I'm not even happy doing that. And then obviously COVID-19 came around and that's obviously been a horrible year for everybody but in a way it was a blessing in disguise for myself because I was I was forced to slow down I was forced you know out of the gym and I was forced to be you know at home more and it gave me it gave me more time with my family it gave me seven months furlough with my with my son and I was working just from home and then when the gyms reopened I didn't want to to go back and I was I was I was able to like realize what was important to me and in that time I was there was a lot of self-reflection going on so I sought help from the GPs I got myself a, a counselor that I speak to once a week and I started to actually look after my my health for the first time that I had in I would say four or five years yeah yeah, well, that's good then. And I also believe you've recently just reached a thousand days sober. That's fantastic. I read your post about that and why you felt you needed to get away from alcohol. It wasn't because you thought you were an alcoholic, but more just because you were noticing it was having some bad effects on your mental health. Can you explain what drinking was doing to you? Yeah, that was probably one of the biggest things for... Um, 
I wouldn't say that that caused my poor mental health, but it certainly didn't. It certainly didn't help it, and I don't think if everyone's kind of honest with themselves, nothing, like nothing really, like truly positive comes from, you know, from drinking alcohol. Um, I used, don't get me wrong, I absolutely loved drinking, and I still miss it. Um, at times, there's the, the <laughs> while you're drinking with your friends and going out, and you know, like being, you know, like one of the lads so to speak um it can be it can be a, a fantastic time and i've got loads of really good positive memories of uh you know being being drunk but the after effects were just getting to the point where it was it was definitely not worth it it started off you know in your early 20s you can you can go on a two-week lads holiday and you can drink 24 7 for that full two weeks and you don't feel the, the effects and then your mid-20s you're, you're getting like the long hangovers but then as I got into my mid to late 20s I'd be getting anxious for like not just like like the fear you know people call it the fear or beer fear yeah um like you know getting like anxious for like that Sunday you know you're lying in your bed thinking like what have I done um hope I didn't offend anybody or like what an arse I made of myself or maybe you've fallen out with someone or you've said something to somebody that then like your mates are texting you saying like oh, I can't believe you did this can't believe you did that or even just to the extent of like I would I would get all those things that like most people get but I would it wouldn't just last for the Sunday it would last on into the next week into you know weeks at a time that I would just be in constant fear of like what I've done and even to the extent it got to, even if I'd gone out for like a meal and had a few drinks with my partner the next day, knowing fine well in my head that that I was literally just out for a few drinks and nothing happened because I wasn't yeah. drunk. I still felt as if I'd done something wrong or if I maybe like offended, you know, like my partner in some way or even if it wasn't just, even if I knew fine well in my head that nothing happened, I still was making up scenarios in my head and it's like, the, the alcohol was, you know, was, you know, that, that was the only thing in there that was like different than just a regular day to day. So I just, I decided it was time to, to just cut out alcohol altogether. Yeah, well, it, it's definitely something that affects your brain in terms of your ability to process anxiety, because um, like I was out every single weekend from the age of 16 to 20. And I mean that it was almost every single weekend. And I just watched my mental health slowly start to deteriorate more and more every single, every single week. Um, I'm the exact same as you. Every time I went out drinking, I would be like an anxious mess for three or four days after. And that's mm-hmm. every single time, even just going to work, like walking into the gym, which is something I'm used to doing all the time. But that would make me worse like for two or three days after. I'd be worried about walking in and seeing people. Like it's, it's an, it, it really increases your anxiety levels and it's it's weird. Um, But yeah, so congratulations for taking that step because it's definitely a hard one to take to cut it out completely. And it takes a real commitment to want to do better. Well, that's it. Alcohol is a depressive at the end of the day. And it's like, if I... If I'm already feeling that I have, you know, these tendencies to, you know, be anxious and 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 depressed, it's like why would I then want to put something in my body that can amplify those feelings or like make them make them worse, you know? So it's it was a decision that I had tried to do, you know, a number of times over the years, and then in 2018 just decided enough was enough and cut it out completely. So a thousand days, I'll I'll be close to it'll be three years in August. That's fantastic. That really is, mate. That's good. 
And but that's not the only thing that you've changed. Uh, you also have changed the way you use social media a lot. Uh, can you tell us a bit about that? <laughs> that um, I decided before lockdown. I actually deleted my. I had a. I had my form and function business page that I'd had for four or five years, maybe going on five years, and I think we were only at around you know two and a bit thousand followers anyway. But I had I think it was seventeen hundred posts on the page. And I just decided when we went into lockdown that I was just getting rid of my business Instagram altogether and just running my business via word of mouth. And I just basically just posted on my, you know, my personal page, keeping it more, you know, just personal, keeping it more private. And just going from there, I just, because I knew I was going to slow down business anyway and just kind of concentrate more on family and and life. And I didn't want to be part of the, the rat race, so to speak, and trying to be like compete with everybody because everybody tells you that they're the best. So, <laughs> who do you believe if if there's if there's a um, hundred if there's a hundred coaches in Scotland that they're all claiming that they're the best in Scotland? Like who's who who's who's to believe who? So I didn't want to be a I didn't really want to be a part of it. Yeah, I see the benefit of it, and I don't hate on anybody that is that is doing it because obviously PT is not my full time job, so. I can't expect myself to be keeping up with all that. And I think for a long time I was trying to. And I think that was probably a big, like a big factor on like, you know, my anxiety and just the way I was feeling in myself. Because if I was starting something and then not, you know, being consistent with it, I was thinking that I wasn't maybe doing enough. And as a, at the end of the day, it's not my, it's not my full-time job. So I just wanted to take a step back keep it a bit more, you know, mental health orientated, you know, showcase some training, um, speak about mental health, speak about the alcoholism, show some, some some family life, some training, some clients, and then just, you know, have it less less kind of like sales orientated, just make it more organic. If I've only got a thousand followers, then like so be it. If I've got less than a thousand followers, I think it's like 800, um, but if they're if that's more organic than than having you know ten thousand and you don't have any kind of interactions or conversations with people and you know then it's like like what's like what what are we trying to do with social media and then I unfollowed basically everybody I think there's two hundred followers I follow two hundred accounts now but the vast majority of them are either somehow affiliated with be defiant so either they're advocates they're they're champions they're athletes or people that work within the company i follow a lot of like positivity pages and mental health pages and then just people kind of immersed within crossfit and that's really it and just my closest like family and friends there's there's a lot of people that would probably wonder why i don't follow them because i'm friendly with them but it's i just didn't want my feed filled with like people's highlights and just like you know I just I didn't want to be following like you know thousands of accounts it's like I I don't need to I don't need to be seeing it and once I'm once I'm on social media like it's easy to get caught in that rabbit hole of just scrolling and if all I'm seeing is positive content then I don't mind you know <laughs> have a little kind of scroll but if it's filled with people that are just posting highlights it's it's as positive as 
social media can be, its overall impact on your mental health probably isn't the best. So I just wanted to limit my time on social media and by removing most of the accounts would seem like the, the easiest kind of way to do it. Yeah, yeah, no, well, that's something that I've done exactly the same. Um, I actually made a different account for the same idea to just follow pages that were, were positive or like I follow a lot of people that have gym pages or fitness pages uh, for the exact reason that when I am doom scrolling, as they call it, um, that it gives me motivation rather than looking at something that I used to look at of people posting their new cars or I would just scroll through for hours looking at stuff that like I don't really care about, you know, or it wouldn't have any positive effect on me. Whereas if you do change your social media so that it reflects positivity and motivation, then it does give you positivity and motivation the same way as the other way gives you negativity. Yeah, well, that's, so I think I that's an important thing. That's, I don't need to follow a thousand people that I barely know and see what they're doing in their lives because my closest friends I speak to, you know, on a daily basis anyway. I know I know what they're doing. I know, like, you know, when they have something positive that happened, you know, we speak about it on WhatsApp or you know, we're on the phone to each other, we're, we're texting, we're, you know, we FaceTime each other. I don't, I don't need to like see like highlights from people that probably wouldn't, uh, they would cross, probably cross the street if they seen you, <laughs> you know, like just to kind of yeah. have like an awkward conversation. You don't really yeah, need definitely. to be following all those people like to see yeah. their, like to see their new shoes and their, and their new car. And I used, I used to follow people just because I thought, everyone else follows that person if I don't follow them they'll maybe wonder why I don't or maybe they'll think that I dislike them or um and I, I to be honest I used to be the same if someone unfollowed me I would think oh I wonder if but this is like this is my anxiety this is my anxious mind kind of playing tricks on you so like if someone unfollowed me that that had previously followed me I'd be thinking have I said anything to offend them or did this post offend them or um I wonder why that person doesn't like me or whatever it is but and then as I've kind of <laughs> then I think about it it's like well no I don't I don't follow people that I actually do like you know like there's there's loads of accounts on Instagram that I don't follow but it's not because they're posting anything that I don't it's not because they're posting anything that I don't agree with or that I don't that I don't like the person or or whatnot. It could literally just be for a simple fact of I don't want to be like the the moth to the to the white light. So maybe they're doing something that I think oh, I should probably be doing that. So maybe I just don't follow them because I do I know that I'm much happier now living quieter and not trying to not trying to pump out, you know, like lots of like PT content and not trying to like, you know, drum up business and like, you know, like get clients. Cause I've, I've pretty much got a full like client base for what I want to live comfortably. So I don't want to get caught in that trap of seeing people do a post on a topic and then think, Oh, that's a good topic. I could maybe do a post on that topic and then keep scrolling and then see someone else doing something and then think, Oh, how come I'm not doing that? And like, you know, like and chase it, going like falling down that hole again. So it's not a case of, I've unfollowed everybody because I think everybody's a dickhead or that I don't like them or anything like that. It's just a case of I'm just protecting my own personal headspace. Yeah. And it's interesting what you were saying there about um, how when someone unfollowed you, you'd start to think, did you do anything wrong? Because I'm the exact same. Um, I'm also the same if I don't get like, oh, I used to be if, if someone that I am friends with didn't like one of the posts that I put up, but I've seen that they've seen it. And I'm like, why, why is that? Have I done something to offend them? 
Uh, but that's that is one of the just the dangers of social media. It, it fuels anxiety because you're you're putting yourself into that social into that social structure online on your phone that you you, you think that other people's opinions are validating what you're doing on your day to day life, and it is it is dangerous. Um, it's dangerous in terms of I've been there myself, flicking through my phone when I've put a post up, watching the likes come in and wondering why people aren't liking sort of thing, or like seeing my unfollowers go down and scrolling through and trying to figure out who it was. Um, oh, wow. you know, uh, just stuff like that. But what's one thing that I hadn't realized um until I started speaking about mental health on my Instagram is that this is like such a common thing. So many people with anxiety have the exact same pressures with social media. Uh, it just it just isn't talked about because it's it's you know it's not exactly a comfortable conversation to say that you're scrolling through your phone and and worried about things like that. But it is it is common and it can be avoided by just learning how to use social media a little bit better. Yeah, well, that even even like now, even though I have got more of a handle on it, that is something I still deal with on a like I would say at some point on a daily basis. If I if I put a post up and you know you do that, um, Insta insta kind of you know fitness influencer whatever you want to call it like online coach kind of thing or just just anybody's actually doing it now when they put a new post on their on their wall they'll maybe share that post to their story you know kind of let people know you know hey come if you've seen this in the story come come and interact with it and i can have like 400 and certain people watching my story and get you know 17 17 to like 50 likes on a post and you just think Oh, do they like why do you even follow me and that I, I get that in my head all the time and it's like um and like close friends as you say you know you wonder why like oh how can my close like closest friends don't even just like pop on and you know give you a wee give you a like give you a share because i big up all my mates like that have got like their businesses and it's not a hate on any of them because everyone's got like families or like their own their own things going on but as like a someone with like the anxious mind you do think like oh maybe they don't like that or it's just like it's just it is like once you you think about it rationally and you slow yourself down it's like people are just scrolling through instagram they're not thinking of like your feelings at the time and they and they shouldn't have to but you, you like your your anxious mind you play like plays those little games with you and you do you need to kind of slow yourself down and think like well do you like every post you see on, on a story or do you like do this and do you do that and it's kind of like no you don't so you can't expect everyone else to do it for you as well yeah your anxiety will convince you that it's worst case scenario in your head when really most of the time they probably just scrolled past it and saw it you know it's probably meant absolutely nothing to them nothing malicious to it at all but it is your anxiety playing tricks on your head like you said and it does oh, happen 100 percent. yeah yeah so um you're getting a better understanding of how to look after yourself mentally on social medias but what else do you do to stop yourself from slipping into a negative state at the start of this year i actually got into with speaking to a counsellor like once a week so I tried I tried through the NHS a number of years ago and didn't really kind of get anywhere with it and when I got got in touch with my GP last year to kind of speak about mental health they don't not to slag off the the NHS but (laughs) (laughs) they're they're not that they're not that uh, forward thinking when it comes to your mental health um, a number of years ago, I was just offered med- medication for anxiety, for depression, and I was told to just go and look on a couple of websites. And then I was told by the doctor that he would check up, you know, four weeks time, you know, for a review. And then I was asking, well, we make the appointment now. He says, no, no, I'll phone you in four weeks. And that 
phone call never happened. So it didn't really leave me with much uh, hope in in the kind of process there. And I kind of that's when I just kind of tried to deal with everything myself for a number of years. But this year, I I took the leap and I I've just paid for counselling privately, and it's just through an online service called BetterHelp. I don't know if you've heard. You probably if you listen to podcasts, you've probably definitely heard of BetterHelp. It's, uh, yeah, I know. I've heard of Better Help. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's therapists that are basically done. It's via Zoom. So I pay for this. It's just a monthly monthly service, and I speak to a therapist once a week. And she's based in Florida, funnily enough. So it's, I do it. It's like ten PM at night, and I do it before bed. And that's on a like once once a week basis. And then you just I can. We just like a text service back and forth throughout the week. So anything that I'm anxious about or that, that's worrying me, I can I can message her. She can you know like help me with like coping mechanisms. But other than that, it's all down to making sure that I'm that I'm eating better, that I'm exercising, that I love getting outdoors. So like long walks with the dogs, even if it's just like getting outside with a podcast, and making sure you're sleeping enough. There's nothing you're you're going to be a lot more anxious if you're not like if you're not getting a good night's sleep because like a, a tired mind is going to like that's when like I find myself if I don't go to my bed at a certain hour and I let myself sit up late at night that's when like my mind starts wandering and then if I let myself get into that then I'm I'm just not going to go to bed and I'm not going to sleep because I'm just it's like a loop in my head going round of like different scenarios so making sure that you're getting to bed at a certain hour so cutting out the phone in the evening getting rid of the blue light and you know having a proper set set bedtime and a set wake time so you can get a decent night's sleep that's probably one of the most important things yeah definitely and all those things sort of join together i, I find with sleeping as well getting out um, i i do a lot of walking every day uh, it keeps my head straight and it also allows me to get that sleep at night it, it definitely does help just keeping active and um, instead of jumping into bed and rolling around when I know that I've done a good gym session and I had a good walk that day I'm a bit more calm and I seem like I can fall asleep a lot easier and that also settles down my head from yeah. those racing thoughts that you're talking about and keep keep the bedroom for sleeping like don't like obviously if you're if you don't have your own like place maybe you're living like at home with parents or like a like a house share or you've got roommates etc it's obviously maybe not this easy but if you can try and keep your bedroom just for like what what its purpose is because you you have like neural pathways in the, in, in the mind that you know if you go to bed every night and sit and play on your phone or watch tv or whatever when you go when you get into your bed your mind's thinking cool we're gonna watch tv we're gonna we're gonna play on our phone for a little while but if you go into bed to sleep eventually like you can build those pathways that when you go into your bed you're going to fall you're just going to go to sleep rather than like sitting like looking at a phone screen and getting that little high of dopamine from the blue light it, it's not going to help you fall asleep if anything it's going to make you know make you more alert and make you awake and as i mentioned in the beginning you're an athlete for be defiant can you tell us a little bit about what they do and what they're about yeah i put athlete in the air quotes there <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so i started working with be defiant towards the end of last year they're uh they're predominantly a they're a clothing company in the in the crossfit space and with a big kind of a big push on breaking the stigma around mental health and all about you know creating conversation 
um, like having like spreading positivity on social media. Their their main platform is on Instagram. They do I know they do have a Facebook page, but I I think they prefer everything to kind of go through their their Instagram. Um, so I started working with them last year, basically just they're there as a company to to kind of try and break down the the stigma of speaking about mental health and just providing like a like a better a better space for you know positivity on social media rather than like than what yeah. I've seen in pre, you know in the in the last you know I don't, how long social media been around a decade if you go back to things like like Facebook, Bebo and all those. I don't know if you remember Bebo, do you? I do, actually. I think I had an account and I definitely should not have because I would have been in like primary five or primary six at that point. would have had no idea about social media and especially not all that I know about it now. Yeah, and it's it's quite a negative place. So they um, they like to spread positivity, um, you know, create conversations um, about, you know, breaking the stigma around, you know, speaking about mental health and you know kind of having a safe space for people to do that and they've got champions they've got they've got mental health advocates that they sponsor they've got champions who could be anyone from you know someone that's in maybe in a creative space like a podcaster like yourself or maybe a musician um you know artists anyone that's in the sporting world that maybe doesn't want to do any competing and then they've got their athletes that they wanted to with their athlete program, the way Kyle described it was they wanted to get away from the whole like ambassador kind of route where they see like companies having ambassadors and you know, all it is is like an MLM scheme. So it's like, here's this code, like discount code for your clothes, get on our website, you buy the kit yourself. And then if anyone else uses your codes, then, you know, you get like a wee kickback and it's like, anyone can be the ambassador and it's like, it's not really, a benefit to to anyone really apart from the company it's a like mlm kind of scheme so they wanted they didn't want anything to do with that type of thing so with their athlete scheme they wanted to have anyone in the competitive space be it someone like myself who's more a skilled athlete when it comes to crossfit events all the way up to they've got mma fighters they've got they've got athletes that are running like running ironmans or you know doing these ultra marathons they've got so it's not just not just crossfit it's like they're just in the fitness space basically, but they wanted to be able to give us, give us the kit for free. And they're not pushing us to, to speak about like the actual kit itself. The reason that we work with the company is they like what we post on social media already. So they basically just want us to, to keep, you know, keep spreading, you know, the same kind of message as we have been. And there's no, that's what I like about working with them is there's no pressure of, oh, you haven't posted about our new shorts or you haven't posted about our, you know, like t-shirts or hoodies or whatever. And it's like, if I, if I'm mentioning a product in one of my posts, it's because I genuinely do like it. And they, they've got no, there's no enforcement of you have to do like so many posts a week or anything like that. It's just a case of just keep being who you are on, on social media and they'll, and they'll help with the rest because They've helped with, you know, competition fees and, you know, they send you free kit each month and it's, it's, it's basically a win-win for me because I, I get to talk about what I want to talk about anyway and I'm helping, I'm, I'm helping them by spreading the message, although it's not to that many followers and they're helping me with, with kit 
and you know support i've done a mental health course through them and they're they're bringing out more educational uh, programs on their website and i've met i've met people not in person yet because obviously lockdown but i've met people that i would consider friends now so it's it's good yeah it's good i think they're fantastic um, i've already bought a couple of t-shirts and i'll definitely be getting a few more i think that the message that they're trying to convey is is fantastic and especially the way that they're going about it by getting pe- getting the right people in that, that are also spreading the messages i've followed quite a, quite a number of their athletes and advocates and they are like it's added a lot of accounts now that i'm following that are full of positivity and spreading the right message so well, definitely a good company like everyone uh, that's within that company has, has got some kind of experience either with dealing with mental health or like maybe suffering with a you know a mental health condition themselves you know like currently yeah it's such a great message that they're trying to convey and i'm sure that most people that are listening to this haven't even heard of that company um they really are great and i think that they'll go go really far um but that is shaping me up for my final question and this is a question that i'm going to ask to every one of the guests i have on here how much has opening up about your mental health and speaking to people actually improved the way you live your life speaking about my mental health over the last, I would say over the last year, I've been the most open about it. Has had the the most positive impact on on my life more than more than speaking to like a therapist or more than more than exercise and more than more than, like more than anything. Just actually being able to be like open with like my partner, with you know, with family, being more open with friends, and then have, having the. I would still say I'm. I'm it's not the most comfortable posting it on social media, but I know if it can help, just, I know that like it helps me when I see other people posting about things that I relate to. So if, if me posting about stuff, even if people don't message me and say that it helps them, even if I know that's helping just anyone, um, like feel a bit better about themselves or know that they're not alone in how they're feeling. It, it's, you know, it's worthwhile doing and it makes me feel a lot more comfortable. Um, about things that I may be experiencing and I know that I I can speak to my partner more freely now um, and even just even when there's things that are not going you know wrong being able to like speak to the therapist you know like the counsellor every week and whatnot and sometimes you're not even speaking about anxiety or depression it's just a case of we're just having a chat I always leave feeling much better just after speaking about you know just how things are going because people just kind of when you people ask how you're doing your natural kind of response is yeah i'm all right how's yourself you know just like because not many people are asking you to actually ask you so um being able to like post it online is is quite like for lack of a better word it's quite freeing you know and once it's out there once it's out there it's just it's just out there and after the first kind of like few times that you post about things i'm not I'm not posting things about, you know, my anxiety or if I've suffered from depression um, for like sympathy or, you know, for people to message saying like, oh, you're really strong, like, you know, posting about that kind of stuff. It's just a case of I'm just putting it out there and it makes it, it takes a weight off me. And if it helps somebody else, like feel like it's normal to kind of have those feelings and they're not the only person that's that, that's dealing with that and it kind of helps them kind of get through then it, it's worth it for me to, to talk about it i'm not talking about it so people like feel sorry for me because i've got a great life i've got a like i've got the perfect like partner at home and you know a, a son and you know close family close friends and you know a good job nice house it's like i 
I don't have things, you know, like typical things that people would think, like, oh, why have you got, you know, anxiety, etc. It's that's like, I'm not looking for like any sympathy when I'm speaking about these things. It's just to raise awareness, break down that conversation. And you don't have to be, you don't have to be an alcoholic at rock bottom, or you don't have to, you don't have to have suicidal thoughts to ask for help like that. That's like people think like when I've spoken about, like I've gone to the doctors because, you know, anxiety and depression, they think like, Oh, I didn't realize you know, you had like, you you felt like that bad. It's like, you don't, you don't have to be at like breaking point to ask for help because you, you don't want to be at breaking point because at that point it might, it might be, it might be too late when, once you get to that point or, it might be a lot longer. It might be a lot harder to recover from. So, um, you don't want to like you know let your mental health take that much of a decline that it gets to that point. Um, so I think it's more. It is important that people, you know, speak freely, that they they open up a bit more. And yeah, I think I think the and the social media would be a, a much a bit a much better place if people, you know kind of <laughs> took that kind of route as well yeah if everyone just felt like they were okay to open up and talk about it it was normalized in conversation and understanding of each other then i think that then you're right then social media could 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 be so much more than what it is right now i think that it has the potential to be but it just takes education from people on how to use it and it is, it's it's hard to speak about uh it is hard to speak about you know your mental health and and put yourself in that in what is a, a vulnerable position online because as I'm saying like social media is the highlights of your life well for the most part it is um and it's a bit difficult for someone to you know to say you know, like to, to show them in a vulnerable position expect especially in the I would say if you hold like a position of like authority you know and maybe that you're coaching other people or maybe you own a business or you know whatever whatever it could be if you if you're in a position where people are maybe looking up to you I'm not saying anyone's looking up to me but if <laughs> if you're in that position where people are looking up to you like it can be it can be so like like difficult to to show that you maybe like struggle with something or that you're vulnerable in a certain situation because you don't want them people thinking like oh, well, if he's not, like, if he can't do such and such, or if he's struggling with that, then why should I listen? Like, why should I listen to that person? But it's like, that that is like the toxic, like the toxic environment of social media. It's like, people don't want to say that they're struggling or that they can't do something because they don't want other people thinking like, oh, well, why would I ask him for advice or et cetera, et cetera. But it's like, like, I think the reason what makes me a, a good personal trainer and a good coach is I've been, you know, 300 plus pounds. I've, I've I've gone through all the I've gone through all the stages of the journey that you know like a lot of these people are going to have to go through and the same with the mental health kind of side of things it's I've dealt with a lot of you know a lot of it myself and yeah I might not be the most you know like I might not be the most educated person to help you get through it but I I'm going to be more understanding and more empathetic and you know be able to kind of you know go through like things like how I dealt with things and it's I'd much rather, you know, just be more open and honest and not try and pretend that everything's okay all the time because that's when it's a slippery slope. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, thank you very much for joining me, Jonathan. It's been great to have you. And if you want to keep up with Jonathan on Instagram, 
you can get him at, at Jonathan underscore Clark underscore Lockloy underscore Barbell, but I will put a link to that in the bio because that is a tongue twister. Yeah, a bit of a, um, bit, of a <laughs> bit of a tongue twister, that one. Yeah, and if you want to check out the podcast page, it's at WithDrewPod, and remember to follow the podcast on whatever platform it is you're listening to this on. And if you're interested in coming on the show and sharing your story, then get in touch with me via Instagram or DM. And thanks for listening. Cheers, dude.